Hey, good evening. It's Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. Today is August 12th. And I am happy to be with you for number 160. 160 times that you have possibly joined me in, in doing this podcast. Really enjoyed it. And as always, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that I am extremely Grateful, thankful, and honored to have the support of my sponsor, Joyce Asac of Asac Realty. And so as we go on uh, with 160, I kind of wanted something different tonight. I wanted to answer questions. There's a lot of reasons why I'm doing it this way tonight, but I'm going to try this out. For those of you watching this, this is still the podcast. You can still go to SoundCloud and hear the podcast. But again, I am trying to do these, for lack of a better term, video logs, blogs, whatever you want to call it, to see how this works. And so I can tune in Open Broadcast Studio. And I've gotten some questions over the last couple of months, last year or so, and so I just kind of wanted to answer those questions, have a little fun, see how it goes. That's why the little question mark is there in the lower left-hand corner of your screen. It's all about questions. And I'm going to try to answer them in a fun, authentic way that uh, doesn't sound boring. So question one that I get a whole lot of. Oh, yeah. Question one. What did I think of the Marines caught smuggling people over the border? Um, I think the, the it came out on the news a while ago. I remember reading about it. They were all Lance Corporals. And what they had done, they were from Pendleton, but they had gotten involved with smuggling um, people from south of the border to the United States. Which, if you're not coming to this country illegally, you are breaking the law, and if you help people break the law, you are aiding and abetting. And not only were these Marines doing this, they were also getting paid for the privilege of doing this. I hate about doing this podcast. I have to. Anyway, um, here's what I think. Thought one idle hands are, in fact, devil's tools. If you're having to do crazy field days and washing rocks and filling sandbags and um, putting sticks a certain way, any number of games that you're leadership can make you do on the weekends and off hours for liberty you don't have time or energy to think about little plans like this that being said there is only so many hours in the day and you do have to let marines sleep and eat and get ready for the next day and get ready for inspections and field day and all that good stuff so as try as uh, NCOs and, and staff NCOs and officers would like um, give a Lance Corporal enough time and he or she will find a way to get in trouble. Not all of them, not all of us, because I was one of them. 
I got was a terminal lance, but if you leave me alone long enough, there's all kinds of things you can do, right? So there's that aspect. And the other question I have is, how were these guys popped? Did they open their mouths and brag at the E-Club? Did they possibly get sloppy and were caught by a drone or some other kind of border enforcement technique? Was it just stupidity or something else? The fact of the matter is they got caught big time. And they were doing something illegal. And, and, and so my, my question around that that I asked myself is, when did their squad mates start figuring out that uh, these four were up to no good? And the reason I asked myself that question is, while you may not be there in the vicinity when your brother-in-arms is behaving badly, Guys talk, guys brag, and so it wouldn't take long for the word to get around as to what's going on. So I have to feel that somebody knew about this in their unit and somebody dropped the dime on them. As much as I don't like snitching or people narking on each other, you know, this is breaking the law. You shouldn't have been doing it. And you, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, and, and these four won the ultimate prize. So there's that, right? There, there's definitely that. Definitely curious as to what's going to happen to them. I didn't see anybody in the media give them much sympathy. They weren't hailed as heroes for bringing people over the border. It's just uh, Marines being stupid Marines. But again, I, I want to know, I mean, that takes a lot of time, right? You've got to plan around your your day-to-day -day job, surprise inspections, weekend work party, which I never had to do because I was smart, um, deployments and stuff to actually do this and know the terrain well enough to get these people and bring them over. Raises all kinds of questions. Did they screw up and get caught by the Border Patrol or did one of their squad mates run them out? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe I'll do a podcast on this. However, I was asked about this question. Did want to answer it. Didn't think it rated a podcast itself. But uh, as the story progresses, you never know. I might do one. All right. Let's go on to question two. When are you going to do another Jody podcast? Okay, so for people who don't know, Jody is a person, generally in the Marine Corps, who is screwing your wife or girlfriend while you're on deployment. And people snicker and people laugh and people kind of, you know, wink their eye. But it's certainly not funny when that Marine finds out that his uh, girlfriend and or wife 
especially the wives, was, for lack of a better term, uh, behaving badly when uh, this was going on. There we go. It's not funny. And personally, while I was in, I, I watched some guys go through this. And, you know, I don't care how old you are or what rank you are. It, it, it causes problems. You come back from deployment. You come back from a field op. You come out from a back from a WTI and you walk in the door and your um, wife is not home. Your children are saying, you know, mom is hanging out with Uncle Robert. Your stuff is gone. Packed up as in your apartment and or base housing unit is completely clean and worst of all if you have children you have no way of knowing what's going on with your children and while it's a problem um, that all people in civilian life deal with as well it, it, it's a rampant problem in the military I don't care what anybody says Divorce stats aren't tracked that closely as other things, but when you watch, you know, guys come in the barracks during a weeknight with duffel bag and their uniforms and he's a married Marine and he's not going home every night and he's angry and he's upset and he's arguing on the phone with his soon-to-be ex-wife which I'm sorry if, if actually I'm not sorry if, if you're going through this as a military person, man or woman, and your spouse cheats on you and takes your children, there's no reconciliation at this point in my view. Trust me. Get some intestinal fort to get some help and end this and advocate for your kids. So after watching this and reading several stories about people in the military who have had this happen to them and kind of lose their way, some of them didn't feel like they had the support. Some of them felt like that uh, the legal system did not do them any favors, uh, felt like their command was not as understanding as they could be. They make bad choices. They make poor choices. They... They, they do things they didn't think they would do. They think their life is over. They, they make permanent choices, permanent bad choices. And all I can say is from, from personal professional experience, look, these podcasts, these Jody podcasts are not to be anti-women or I hate women or all women are bad. There's some awesome military wives out there. And... There are some also, I have to say this, some terrible, uh, you know, service members, men and women who cheat on their spouses, just like vice versa. I, ha I have no respect for them either. But in this case, when you have your own self-worth and your children at stake, 
forget your possessions, which are usually gone and sold by the time these women get done cleaning these guys out. You know, th this is where I draw the line, right? And so the Jody podcasts were created as ways to give you real world examples of this happening. Because a lot of people thought, well, I'm just making this up. I'm just, you know, telling this stuff on the podcast and I have absolutely no proof, zero proof this is happening. That's not the case. Everything I put up is a real story that really happened. And I think one of the worst ones that I, I did was the, um, they were in the army. Uh, her husband and her were in the army. She got stationed over in South Korea with this other guy in her unit. They started having an affair. She gets pregnant. Now, I can't remember right off the top of my head if she was pregnant with his child or the affair partner's child, but she was pregnant with what the guy believed was his kid. So she comes back to the States, has the baby. Uh, they're on leave in Michigan for Christmas, I believe. And she has her affair partner kill the husband to collect the insurance money and the army's death benefit to the spouse for him dying. It didn't smell right. The family didn't think it was right. The police didn't think it was right. They started looking around. Um, they actually were carrying on the affair and the coordination of the murder over Snapchat. So just for all you um, pieces of crap out there who are cheating on their your spouses right now, um, you can be found out, and it's not that hard. And shame on you. So the whole point of Jody is to shine light on this, whether you are a female behaving badly or you're a civilian male behaving badly. Uh, my goal is to shine light on that. My goal is also to give you some tips and some real-world examples of what happens when you have to go in front of court to advocate for your kids. People think that military service members get an advantage going in front of the man. Um, there are stories that I have looked up, and I think it was my first one about the Submariner, who uh, he was serving on a submarine in the Pacific Ocean and could not make his court date. Not only was a judge in Michigan going to ignore the federal statute, which would have allowed him extra time to get back to land to argue his case or have his attorney act on his behalf. She disregarded that, but she was also, when he got back to Seattle, which they were based out of, the minute his foot touched American soil, she was going to have him thrown in jail for contempt of court, even though there's a federal statute that prevents service members from having to deal with that. And I feel that if you as a man or woman are dealing with this, you need to be aware that there are legal protections for you in this situation. So you can advocate for your family. When, you're, when your wife or husband does this to you, you find out, trust me, the marriage is over. Forget about it. Move on and advocate for your children. So it's a combination of two things. One is, is to show that infidelity in the military, infidelity in general, is a serious thing. I, I know that certain movies and books 
romanticize it as if it's cool. We see all kinds of celebrities, you, you know, doing all kinds of, of crazy stuff. But for people who really do believe in committing to their marriage and their spouse and their kids, it's a crushing blow. And I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I really wouldn't. That being said is, Jody, and the way I do it, is just to remind you that there are really people who can get really hurt. And when your buddy or your girlfriend says, hey, you know, I'm having this hard time. Something's not right. You need to listen and take some time out of your day and help them out because they really do need you at this time. So the Jody podcast will continue. I've got a, a good one planned. Um, all I'm going to say is there is this feeling from the enlisted side that officers never get in trouble. Well, no, officers can behave badly too. And when it suits the, the command, the senior brass, they get in big trouble. And this officer just blatantly uh, disregarded the rules. So yes, there will be Jody podcasts coming up. However, um, I've had some really good opportunities uh, in the last six months, so I've kind of put that on hold. But Jody's out there, and I haven't forgotten about you. All right. Moving right along. I get asked this a lot. I get asked this a lot by people who are just trying to understand what Oscar Mike Radio is all about or potential guests, people who have been listening for a while. Uh, this is one I'm asked a whole lot. What has been my favorite podcast to do? So honestly, I, I don't know if I have a favorite podcast each podcast is an opportunity for me to learn about myself, to execute the whole concept behind Oscar Mike Radio to the best of my ability with what I have, and to have each one in their own way be able to either help you or encourage you or you know somehow inspire you to go out there and advocate or help somebody else or yourself. So each one of them are kind of special to me. I think how I will answer this, the, 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 the most favorite thing I get out of these podcasts is when a guest comes back to me, you know, a couple months later and says, hey, you know, I really enjoyed my time on your, your podcast. I want to come back on and talk about this, this thing I'm doing. Or I'll get a random text from a guy saying, you know, I, I, I really, um, how are you doing? What's been going on? I have this new thing going on and, and I really do like, you know, being on your show or I want to start my own podcast, which is like, which is like the ultimate thing because you could sit there and argue the merits of, of me doing this, but I've gotten so much out of doing it and, and trying to use this as a way to, to give back and affect change that when somebody else wants to take this and make their own change in their own way or advocate as they see, you know, a way to meet the need, it's, it's very, very encouraging. It's very, very motivating. And, you know, one of my favorite things from doing the podcast is meeting all these great people who are trying so hard to get through life. And, you know, they've had to reinvent themselves time and time again. They keep doing it. It's just amazing to see. And, 
it gives me hope and encouragement that, you know, whatever I do in my life, whether it's this or trying a new recipe or any anything really, that if I put myself out there and commit, I, I can be the best I can be. So to answer this question, I don't have a favorite podcast. My favorite part of doing these podcasts is is making that connection with with people, either listeners or guests or people that um, take what I've done and use it to help change themselves. All right. So last question coming up here, and let's see here. Yep. I, I say this for last for a reason because this this is kind of how I got into podcasting in a way, and, and I was trying to figure out how to help veterans before I did the podcast and a couple other things. Um, what do I think veterans need? What do you, Travis, think veterans need? Um, that's a really good one, and I think it depends upon the veteran themselves and, and what they need and what their need is. So a veteran might need a wheelchair. They might need a um, a guide dog. They might need physical therapy. They might need uh, counseling. They might need resume help. Any number of things, right? So what what I'm saying there is the need is constant. It doesn't matter what the need is. It's just there, and it, it, it's it's a need. Need equals X, and you can put anything you want in X. But taking that aside is, I think the real need here is the ability for that veteran to connect with that person who can help them with their need. You can have a fantastic nonprofit that does um, resume services for veterans, but if you as a nonprofit cannot connect with veterans to help them, I don't care, you know, who you have for CEO or how many Facebook followers you have or anything like that. You're simply not going to be effective. And you're not going to be able to meet those needs. So, it's all good. We ourselves out there in this space to provide for those who need our services but I think a challenge for any nonprofit or anyone is simply making sure that they're connecting to the veteran in need you do yoga therapy for veterans you need to make sure you can have your yoga studio accessible to veterans and they know about it. And that's 9% of the battle for, for anything really, but that is what I believe the, the ultimate need is. It's not so much that there are people out there who can't help you out. It's not a question of money as uh, Francisco, uh, Secretary Francisco Urena said in a couple of podcasts ago, is simply connecting that veteran to that need. So that's how I would answer that question. Um, so that's it. That's four questions. I'm, I'm trying some different things with open broadcast studio. I'm trying some different things with this video, still a work in progress, kind of like 
the first uh, 10 to 30 uh, Oscar Mike Radio podcasts were with this video. But uh, again, if you're into the podcast and you're a podcast purist, you can still get this on SoundCloud. I'll clean it up and put it on SoundCloud for sure. And if you're more of a video file and you like watching uh, stuff on YouTube and Facebook Live, this will be there as well. I'm Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. I want to thank my sponsor again, Joyce Asac, for all her support. We are on the move. Lock through launch. <laughs>